ladies and gentlemen, now hosting the Rizzo cast, put your hands together for Steven Rizzotto. What's going on, everybody, and welcome. My name is Steven Risotto. I cover the San Francisco Giants for SF Bay, and I'm the host of RizzoCast, a podcast that features current and former big league players, coaches, fans, media, and others who are regarded as some of the brightest minds around the game of baseball. We are coming to you from the podcast studio inside the newsroom of Golden Gate Express, the student-run newspaper at San Francisco State University. And today's guest is Patrick Wicklander, a left-handed pitcher in the Tampa Bay Rays organization. And for those of my reared in high school friends, you already know who this is. He needs no introduction. I'm sorry, and I had to have him on. Uh, you'll find out why very soon. But Wicklander attended Valley Christian High School in the University of Arkansas before he was selected in the eighth round in the 2021 MLB draft by the Rays. In 2023, he split time between High A Bowling Green and Double A Montgomery in 110 and two-thirds innings. Uh, between both of those levels, he recorded a 3.90 earned run average with 102 strikeouts. This past fall, he represented Tampa Bay in the Arizona Fall League, which is pretty cool. We talk a little bit about that. Uh, we discussed the start of spring training, the Rays pitching philosophy, uh, tossing a high school no-hitter, hint, hint, uh, pitching at Arkansas, playing with type 1 diabetes, a really cool story there, life in the minor leagues, the WCAL, so much more. This is episode 165 of Rizzo Cast, and let's get started. Alrighty, and we are back on Rizzo Cast, and we are very pleased to be joined by Tampa Bay Rays left-handed pitching prospect Patrick Wicklander, and Patrick is nice enough to take some time and hop on the podcast. Patrick, what's going on? How you doing? Doing good. Uh, just wrapped up second day of spring training, so just kind of out here in beautiful Port Charlotte, Florida. Port Charlotte, Florida. That is the site you're in uh, Rays minor league camp. Is that right? Yeah, I'm in minor league camp this year. Minor league camp. So tell me a little bit of the vibes, the the first few days. How have they gone for you? What's the vibes around kind of the uh, the the overall facility there? What's going on with, with everything with the first few days? Um, It's always good because it feels like you're back at school again for the first time. Like you yep. joining a junior, senior year, high school, you see all your boys, guys you spent eight, the last eight months with. So, but it's always a good vibe kind of catching up with guys because, I mean, Guys are getting married, guys are having kids, guys are proposing, they're doing all like they're all doing different kinds of things, and no two people are the same. So overall vibes are high, vibes, vibes are good. And now we're just trying to get ready for games. And um that's really about it right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I want to touch on that kind of camaraderie, and we'll get to like life in the minor leagues in just a bit. But you mentioned like the guys having kids and getting married and proposing. In a lot of ways, during the course of the season, and and maybe in the big leagues, it's different because there there's less movement. You know, guys are coming up and down through the minor leagues all the time. But it, there's a lot of times where you just see them more than you see your own family. So I'm sure you probably get like invested in their lives, and you become very close. What's what's kind of that that friendship, the friendship and camaraderie like at the minor league level with your teammates? Because I'm I'm sure it's probably been something that you've always experienced at every level you've been through, but how is it different in professional baseball? Um, 
I mean, yeah, like you said, like you experience it throughout every level, but I feel like in professional baseball, it's like, hey, we're adults. Everyone has their own lives, and it's like, yeah, we're at the field with each other. Then, like, fiancés, girlfriends, wives, they all become friends. So, like, at the end of the day, it's always nice to have, like, that whole camaraderie with them, not just, like, with the guys at the field, but also it's like, hey, our spouses and our significant others get along, too. So just being able to always having, like, that family-friendly environment, it just it makes a huge difference, and it, like, makes going through professional baseball a little bit easier so you're not just always focused on baseball, baseball, baseball. It's like, hey, like, let's all go out to go eat. Let's let's go do this. Let's go do that. And it's just, it's a lot easier and makes life a lot more fun. Yeah. Nobody's proposing in, in high school or nobody's having kids. In, well, most people aren't having kids in high school or <laughs> any of that. Um, what did you, how, how did this off season go for you? Tell me a little bit about, you know, where you did your off season workouts, what was the main goal this year? And, and what was the, uh, you know, was was there anything that you felt like you had to get better at heading into this year? So what was the off season like? Uh, so the off season for me this year was shorter than twenty two because I was lucky enough to get invited to the Arizona Fall League. Mm-hmm. So my off season was about a month and a half shorter. But I knew kind of going into that and going to the off season, it's like okay, I got to really figure out my slider, figure out more how to use it more as a swing and miss pitch. So just being able to have more consistent shape with it consistent consistently execute it and just kind of have it when I need it to get a swing that mit, a swing and miss when it's 0 2 one two or whenever I need to so that's just kind of where I was mentally coming in and so I mean I'm still kind of hammering it here like all my bullpens have been like fastball sliders off like my off season was spent in Oklahoma I uh stayed with my fiance and her family they were they allowed us to live at the house so it's always nice to save a couple extra bucks for an off season have some fun with like the in-laws the whole family um yeah, i just kind of i worked out at oru a little bit towards the end of the off season because i was able to get some connections through there worked out with a few other pro guys i worked out with in previous off seasons so just overall it was like it was a good group of guys to be around and be and i was like hey let's all just get better we all want to be we all know where we want to be we know we know what it takes so just being able to have the, being around those guys it helps yeah no absolutely and i'm going to ask about the fall league what was that experience like because there is a lot of attention on those games and some of them i guess towards the end uh, you know there, there's they're televised and you're playing with guys from different types of teams maybe the guys that you've known for a little bit from college from pro ball just maybe that you've interacted with some other place um, but what what is that experience like representing the Rays in the uh, in the fall league? I mean, being able to represent the Rays, it's always a huge honor, especially in the fall league. Like like you said, it's a big deal. It's a big or- ordeal. Like as games get later in the, the fall league season, they get more televised. It's all these. It's the top prospects. It's the best of the best. But being around like a bunch like that talent, it forces you to kind of elevate your game a little bit. You learn so much. Like every day, it's something different. You learn. And being around a lot of the guys is, I mean, we we uh we were paired up with the Guardians, and we had one of the guys I was drafted with that we traded to the Guardians, so it was cool to see old faces, um, not just from like just not from not just from the draft, but like also it's like college. Like I played with Ryan Bliss, who went to Auburn, um, a few other Northern California dudes like Nathan Martorello from Salinas, played against Ogans, 
so just being able to see guys like that i mean it's always nice to catch up and see dudes and see them succeed and um it's just cool because it's like feel these like some of these guys like yeah they may be a little higher than me they're a little more advanced and it's like hey they're going to be in the big leagues next year or so and so just being able to be like hey like i played with that dude like i remember this i remember that it's like stories i'll be able to tell yeah absolutely and, and Keyshawn ogan's a friend of the show we mentioned that before we we hopped on here and um did did the Rays have any message for you going into the fall league? Because you know when when some teams send you know players to the fall league, there's usually like a reason. Maybe they want them to get some extra work. Maybe they've been hurt all season and you know they didn't reach the 400 at bat mark or whatever it may be, or they didn't throw enough innings during the season. Um, in this case, was it basically like go down there, work on your slider, work on your secondary stuff? Um, or, or did they have another message in mind during the fall league? Or is it just go play? Simple as that. Um, for me, it was a little bit of both. I mean, everyone's in different scenarios. Um, but for me, a lot a lot of it was like, hey, we want you to really, like, get your slider dialed in. So I was like, okay. like, And that's what I really harped on all fall league. It was like a fastball slider. Every chance I could, I told our catch, I was like, hey, I'm throwing a slider. Every chance, every 0-2, it's like, we'll get the two strikes and then just slide it to them. So that was my whole ordeal with it. I mean, there was other guys in other situations. I mean, but it was all like, I mean, like I said, everyone's a little different. Each organization runs their program differently. So, Yeah, and, and the Rays are very, like, very heavy on pitching. They've been kind of at the forefront of pitching analytics and pitching data for so long now. I mean, you could go, you could go back 10 years and see all the guys that they kind of just pumped every little ounce of value out of that they they've developed and – turned into to pretty good arms and you know two of them have come on here two minor league pitchers for the race owen stevenson from shc and then um drew dowd from sarah high school and sarah produces guys all over the place it's annoying and crazy but uh those two guys are in the race system now and they always preach about how helpful the organization is at 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 pitching development um so what have you seen in, in working with them you know for a few years now and and kind of the advice that they give you on on you know, feedback with, with, with pitching. Cause they are very numbers based. It seems. So, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this. It's like, whatever happens at the big league level kind of trickles down. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's 100, 100% true with the Rays. Their big philosophy is like race to two strikes, put them away. We don't need five, six, seven pitch at bats. Cause it's like, we want you guys to go deep in the game, especially as a starter. So being able to understand how your pitches work and able to use a lot, utilize them to the best of your ability, it makes makes pitching a lot easier and a lot more, like, you don't have to think as much because when a lot of pitchers is like, they'll start thinking and it goes sideways and just downhill. But being able to understand that, like, like oh, hey, my fastball plays here and then I could just throw the slider off of this. It, it helps. I mean, but a big thing that, like, I don't I haven't personally met our big league pitching coach Kyle Snyder, but I mean from everything I've heard, everything I've seen, people preach he's like one of one of the best in the business. And I've heard he's big on like, hey, you throw this pitch really well. These are the results you get. Throw more of this. Like they I mean, I'm sure you heard interviews with Glasnow. Glasnow even said, like, hey, they find like the black sheep in baseball and it's like Oh, hey, just do that and just do it as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. You see, you see it with a bunch of different dudes. Like, and the nice part again is like, no two people are the same. So the Rays don't try to cookie cut guys. They don't try to do this. They don't try to do that. 
So it's like each plan is individualized to me and like what I do well may be different um, than what someone else is doing. So being able to have the whole development plan based around you is really nice. Mm-hmm. And Glass now a friend of the show. And we talked about this very subject because he was with Pittsburgh and he mentioned that like Pittsburgh was the last organization you know, or maybe one of the last organizations to kind of go with the cookie cutter approach. And, you know, they had guys like Garrett Cole and glass now and Jamison Tyone, um, and just a, a few arms that just, they, they weren't getting the, the most value out of because they were all developing them kind of in similar ways. Like, Hey, sinker down and in is going to work for everybody, but it's not the case. And, and the Rays, um, you know, obviously have a different approach. And it's funny with, you know, like the whole, Hey, you, you know, this is a good pitch. Just throw it all the time. I remember the giants came in the spring training one year with a guy named Matt Whistler and he was like 80% slider. <laughs> we, we had Weisler. Whistler. Oh, with, yeah. He was yeah. with us for a little bit. And he was throwing the slider, huh? Yeah. That, yeah that's all he was. That's all it was. It was. Like 80, it was like 85% slider every now and then here's a two seam, but you're going to get slided to death. Yeah. And I guess it, I guess it does make sense. I mean, throw your best pitch uh, all the time. Um, So let's kind of go back just like way back a little bit to Patrick Wicklander, the, the youth Patrick Wicklander. When did you kind of start getting involved in baseball and and when did you feel that it kind of became a passion for you? Um, So I started when I was five playing T-ball. I mean, who doesn't remember their T-ball days? I mean, sheesh, that was a, God, that was a long time ago. But I mean, I've always like loved it. I just wasn't, I was never like the kid, like I was a kid that threw hard, but never knew where it was going Mm -hmm. up until I was like 13, 14. But I mean, baseball's just kind of been there. Like you could ask almost anybody I went to high school with. It was, I was like, eat, sleep, breathe baseball. I mean, even now I'm still doing that. Like, Hell, I was watching one of my buddies I was drafted with throw in the big league spring training game this year or today as I was eating in the cafeteria. It's just like uh, a lot of people don't understand. It's like a lot of baseball guys love baseball. Like, like yeah, it's nice to have like that separation, but at the end of the day, it's like at the I I just love baseball. <laughs> yeah, and and there there's you know that I guess it's a well timed. Uh, thing to say that now because there's been the whole discussion about the Anthony Rendon comments and we don't have to get too much into that but uh have you been around people that like and don't name names please just for your sake but have you been around people where it just feels like it is a job to them and it is kind of like you know maybe not a priority for them um I can't say I personally have um I haven't experienced it I mean it's I don't I hope not to because it's like that's that's going to make me feel like, oh, hey, like, I like it more than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I mean, I get it. Everyone's priorities are different and everyone's in different, uh, it's not situations or like there's the way that, that they go about their lives is a lot different than like I go about my lives, my life. So I can't say I've experienced anybody like that yet. But a baseball rat nonetheless. Love it. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe in the minor leagues it's different because everybody's kind of got that one common goal. And if it's not a priority and you think of it as a job, then there's like high paying jobs, way high, high, more high paying jobs elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, so if you're in baseball to make money and you're in the minor leagues and maybe a different route, 
uh, would work. But did you have any favorite teams growing up? Obviously, the Giants are the local team. Maybe you dabbled with the A's a little bit. What was the team for you? So the Giants were like my homegrown team. Like I grew up watching Tim Lincecum, Barry Zito. I mean, heck. A great time. Yeah. When Randy Johnson was pitching for the Giants. I mean, yeah. So I, it was like, what, 20, it was like 2010. I think I went to like 60 something home games that year. Wow. Yeah. Like I was there like every other day. It was, it was nuts. Did you just like hang out in the bleachers? Like where, where was, where were you sitting? So my dad was able to always like find some good, t- good tickets for pretty good price. So yeah. I was always either behind, I was pretty, I was like 15 rows back from one of the dugouts. Um, I did experience the code bottle. That code bottle was fun. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I still like even going to a big league ballpark, it's still kind of like a little, little kid in me gets excited. Yeah, no, I'm sure. And and the Giants were really good during that time. The three championships in five years and kind of a, a great time to be a baseball fan. And there's a minor league team kind of like in the area you grew up, obviously San Jose, California. Um, did Did you have any like, like experience going to San Jose Giants games because I've been to a few. I went to a bunch of them a years back, and it's just a fun atmosphere. It's a very laid back atmosphere. They got the different gimmicks. They got the beer batter. Uh, they they got um the the car that comes in down the right field line, and the players have to knock the headlights out of them. Do you remember going to any of those games? Yeah. So um, I don't know how familiar you are with the South Bay, but like I played Blossom in the Blossom Valley Pony League, yep. and um. My dad was on the board, so one of the fundraisers was San Jose Giants night because he was buddies with someone in the front office there, and so it was always once a year at least. Like that stadium was sold out, like entirely, like standing room only. But then as like I started like get older a little bit, like I still remember going to a few CCS games there. I still remember just hey like Johnny Cueto is rehabbing here. Let's go watch it because it's like it's five dollars a ticket and then i mean i'll spend the fifteen dollars on like five churros i don't care like the churros are unbelievable they're unbelievable they're unbelievable and for those out there listening or watching like if you haven't had the if if you're in northern california if you're on the peninsula or in the south bay or whatever and you haven't had the san jose giant churros they have a whole uniform day and hats that like are dedicated to the churros they're that good that good Yeah. yeah they're 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 amazing um who were the you know obviously a left-handed pitcher who were some of the pitchers that maybe you watched as a kid or even now who you enjoy watching guys that maybe are similar to you is does anybody stand out um i mean growing up like obviously he's not left-handed but like lincecum that was a big guy for me because i mean that's when i remember growing up everyone was trying to mimic his mechanics it was hilarious um i was him for halloween one year man <laughs> hey there's nothing wrong with that yeah the dude was unreal yeah um, big randy johnson fan i was uh i mean as much as he's not a giant but like kershaw i mean even now like there's a bunch there's so many good good pitchers it's on it's crazy i mean chris sale is supposed to be coming back really healthy max freed is year in and year out um lizardo with the marlins I mean, damn. Like, uh, I got to be around. I'm like, I'm around McClanahan a little bit. Um, even Taj Bradley, dude. Like, there's so many young guys coming up that it's just, it's it's hard to watch, every, like everybody at once. Like, if I could have like 
30 TVs with all 30 games going on or how 15 games or however many games are going on. Like I would, if everybody, like if I knew somebody each somewhere, I would watch it. Like I'm a big fan, fan of that now. It's like, I'm not a fan of like, Oh, Hey, like the pirates are playing like the Mets or something like that. It's like, no, I'm watching this game because like, I want to watch this picture. I want to see this hitter hit. So, yeah. So you're, you're looking at the, the pitching matchups every day. And, you know, when you see a, uh, uh, a Garrett Cole against, uh, you know, Yamamoto matchup, you're going to turn it on. Yeah. Like <laughs> stuff like that. It's like, I'm a big fan of baseball just in general. Like baseball is constantly evolving. So mm-hmm. it's like you got guys like Yamamoto coming over about to make this huge splash. It's like, of course I want to watch him throw against Garrett Cole or Spencer Schreider, like all the other guys that have already solidified themselves. It's yeah. Like, it, it's just cool to watch. So at the end of like a minor league game and obviously the games and, and late, but do you still have time to like go back to your, you know, wherever you're staying and like turn on quick pitch and catch up on like all the highlights of the day? Cause you know, minor league baseball, baseball could probably feel like your own little world and you could lose track of what's going on in the big leagues, but do you still find a way to kind of keep up with it? Yeah. I mean, but thankful for Twitter. I mean, a lot of hotels is like, I don't even deal with trying to find the channel. It's just like, I'll scroll through Twitter or like I'll go on the MLB app and just like watch, see the highlights like, Hey, or look at the box scores. I catch myself looking at box scores because a lot of my buddies are in big league camp this year. And, um, but yeah, I mean, Twitter, I mean, you got John boy media, you got talking baseball, you got MLB network. Like there's so many different outlets now for baseball. It's like, I'm, I feel like I'm not going to miss much if I don't watch quick pitch in the morning or even like uh intentional talk, something like that. Yeah. No, it's everywhere. Baseball media is everywhere. Um, It's definitely a good thing. Uh, All right. So some people have listened up until this point. I know I got a lot of high school teammates that, that want to hear about this. Um, but you threw a no hitter in high school against uh, my alma mater, uh, Reardon High School. Now I was, just to clarify, I was on the, I think I was a freshman or on the JV team when it happened. But um, for the guys that experienced it on the varsity team, it was quite mesmerizing. So I'm gonna kind of open up an old wound here. Uh, but what do you remember against that that uh, about that no hitter? 18 strikeouts against Reardon. Tell me a little bit about it. And was that your first and only no hitter? Or have there been yeah, some? That was my that was my second no hitter. My first one was my sophomore year against St. Francis in eight innings. Man. Okay. <laughs> like the good great St. Francis. Visit, yeah. Great opposing but, but, ballpark, by the way. I always love playing there. I just, I just love that because they're like everyone's right on top of you. Yep. It's it's similar to Vanderbilt. Blue the water fountains in the dugout too, the bricks backstop. Like it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, back to the 18 punch-out game, like, I just remember going up, like, I knew I had the outing because it would align me up to the second game of WCALs at Santa Clara. And then that would align me up for the first game of CCS. So it was, I just remember being cold and windy. I'm, I got out of the bus. I'm like, this sucks. Like, this is going to be a long day. Sounds about right. Wind was howling left to right. I mean, the Verdun varsity feel like no offense isn't the best field. Mm. And so I'm in the dugout. I'm like looking left, looking around. I'm like, this is going to be a long day. I was like, I just want to get out of here. And so 
I so like I feel I'm in the bullpen. I'm like, okay, fastball's feeling good. Change is feeling good. I was like, everything's feeling good. So I was like, all right, like let's do this. Because like our Diotti's philosophy was he wants as many strikeouts as possible at rearing to avoid getting a ground ball to someone's face. Mm. So um first bullet. Guy didn't even swing, umpires flinching. I'm like, this, this is going to suck. <laughs> and once I saw the umpire flinch, I'm like, are you kidding me? So I just, I'm just, the whole outing, I was just like, here, hit it. Just hit it. And the seventh inning comes around. I don't even realize, like, I I didn't realize till the seventh inning that I had a no hitter going. I knew I had, a, I knew I had at least 10 punchies. But then Nico Maricons comes up to me. He goes, I bet you can't get 20. Mm. I was like, what? He goes, dude, you, you have 18 punch outs. I'm like, okay. And then he goes, then I go pop up, pop up, pop up on three pitches. I was like, oh, well, I will never have a day like this in baseball again. <laughs> yeah, that, that's insane. It did how, I guess, how many fastballs did you throw compared to off speed? If you had to guess, percentage-wise. God. It was... I could tell you the exact number, to be honest with you. Um, Because as much as the... So John Murphy called me after the game, and he asked, and the idea was like, hey, just say you had your best stuff. Everyone knew how many fastballs I threw. It was 100 pitches and 100 fastballs. Wow. <laughs> no off-speed the whole game. I was, I'm not exaggerating. The, the chart was full of ones. Wow. I wonder if uh, the people listening out there that were part of that, because I know they, they're going to listen. I know they're going to see this on my feed and they're going to, they're going to listen, but that's, and, and where, where, where were you sitting at? Like during that time of your high school career, was it like low nineties? Where were you at? Cause I've I heard my, the conflicting reports that I've heard is like 93 with like cut. Does that sound about right? The cut? Not really, mm-hmm. but I was probably low. 91 92 i couldn't have a guesstimate to tell you i just i just felt like i was throwing well after the first bullet i was like okay this is gonna be a good day i feel good and next thing i know our catcher just put down the one all day yeah that's funny that you know keep keep the ball out of play just because i reared and the wind is just so unpredictable you get a ball in the air and you got three guys going at it and it might fall down you know and yeah and there's a new field there now I, I think you'd be pleased to know that it is now a turf turf field since you've left um so they've rolled out a new multi-million dollar field and um it's a pretty nice facility there now but um yeah pretty mesmerizing sorry for the people that that had to hear that story again but that's crazy that 100 pitches 100 it was exactly 100 pitches 100 pitches on the dot on the dot okay so that that's and you've never had a performance like that again or said probably i will never will okay (laughs) that's a once once in a lifetime once in career type deal (laughs) Awesome. That that's that's really good stuff. But um, kind of like with the WCL theme, like there, I mentioned to you, there's a few guys that have come on here that are from WCL. Um, a bunch of SHC guys, Uday Naritam, who's at um Harvard, yeah. and is that Harvard uh, still? Yep, and and Owen Stevenson and Keyshawn and Drew Dow, the lefty from Sarah. There's been a few that I WCL. That's something that I came through, and I always thought the competition was crazy tough. Um, maybe excluding that day at Reardon, but what was the competition like for you? Cause it's regarded as one of the best high school sports leagues in 
not just the state of California, but also the country. Did you like perceive it as that way too? Oh yeah. Um, my freshman year, I still remember first WCAL game. I matched up with Bubik. Yep. And lo, lo and behold, he's a first rounder three years later. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, faced Nick Madrigal, Dylan Carlson, Tanner Dodson, Darren Baker, uh, York. I'm trying to think who else. Um, Hunter Bishop. Yep. Like you said, Drew Dowd. I actually hosted Drew Dowd on his official to Arkansas. Wow. That's cool. Fun fact, <laughs> that's about, really that. Fun fact about that. Um, I'm trying to think. Ended up staying local, went to Stanford. Yeah. He's, he even told me it was down to like Arkansas and Stanford. So I said, hey, man, whatever you, you decide to do. And he's obviously went to Stanford, had a good career there. Um, damn, who else do we do? I mean, every time I see Aaron Gordon, all I think of is Mitty. Mitty, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like I associate these guys with the schools that they went to if they went to a WCAL school. It's pretty funny. Like Sean Dustin Jr. went to Valley. Like I still remember him coming back one day and hitting BP, and he's just putting balls out easily the left center field. I'm just like, what? Like, what? what? Yeah. Then um, Troy Miller. I don't know where he's at now, but he went to Michigan for a little bit. We faced him. My freshman year when he was at Aptos, he threw against us. His first fastball was like 96, and I was like, huh? Who, who is this guy? Yeah. It's just you guys, you, like James Altman was a catcher at Sarah. That's another guy I pitched against. It's like, it's just guys you, you were like, oh, wow. It's just talent everywhere you look. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um. And 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 you were somebody that went to you know you were a perfect game ranked player. Did did you pay any attention to that coming out of high school and and maybe even deep into college? Because you know I know some people could get lost in something like that, lost in the national rankings or the state rankings. Did you ever find yourself you know late at night you know homework's done, googling your name, looking at the perfect game stuff, or did you just not care? I mean yes and no. I mean there were times it was like. I just kind of question, like, people come up and ask me. I'm like, to be honest, I don't know because I'm not that involved. Um, so I'm just – it's like I went to the PG National. Like, I, di- I did all those events. Like, don't get me wrong. I played to get my exposure, but I wasn't like, I got to be the number one pitcher. I got to be this. I got to be that. And so I didn't really look at it until, like, someone asked me, and I was like, no, like I don't know. I genuinely don't know, but I'm not. And as I got older, like as I got into college, I didn't really care about the rankings. I didn't care where people committed. But then, like when you get in a pro ball, it's like, like yeah, I still watch college baseball, but I'm like, I'm not over here like seeing all the different stuff that could possibly affect me because, like yeah, in college it's like, oh, where we rank this year, like what what happened after this weekend. In college now, it's just in pro ball. Like I see it, I'm like, oh, that sucks. Like, I know I get what y'all are going through, but also it's like, I'm not gonna let it affect me, really. Yeah, no, that's a good mindset to have about it. Um, I'm gonna let you kind of give like props to the University of Arkansas baseball program. Uh, what was it like, kind of being a Razorback? I mean, I, I, it, it seems like a, a very powerful baseball, uh, program. It is a very powerful baseball program. 
but fill me in on and, and I guess kind of shout out that program and the experience that you had there because it seems to have done you very good. Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate enough to go to Omaha my freshman year with a bunch of really good guys. Um, a lot of older guys. It was a old, way older group. We had a good class of my year that come in. Um, sophomore year obviously cut short because of COVID. Then uh, in 21, talk about one hell of a year. That was a fun year. Um, shit. We didn't lose a series until supers to nc state um shit, we got our shit kicked for that friday night against alabama if you gotta bleep that out bleep that out i don't have to but do yeah, anything <laughs> perfect it was like i i got the vaccine the day before and i wasn't feeling too hot and so mm-hmm. i wasn't expecting the pitch at all and uh i got like our, our starter had a good first inning, second inning didn't go too well. Third inning told me to go down, like go down. So we got hot and I come in and we're down like 12 to three, I think, or something like that. It was something outrageous. And so I had to come in, like I threw like five and a third or something like that. And then our pitching coach was like, hey, get ready for next Friday. And you're just like, and I just kind of grabbed it and took off with it. And, um, but I mean, I'm sure you see the home run Charlie Welch hit almost every year on Twitter at some point. But let's see. Omaha was loud? No. Bomb Walker, when Charlie Welch hit that home run, I couldn't talk to one of my close buddies on the team, and he was five feet away. Is that loud? It was so loud. Like, ground was shaking loud. And, I mean, no better fans in the country. One of the, like, best environment to play in. Granted, like Mississippi State was fun to play at. Like I played at uh, Texas. Like there's a lot of good environments to play in, but I'm sorry, nothing beats Bomb Walker. Like yes, I'm biased, but I was fortunate enough to play at all the other um, places. But nothing tops Bomb Walker. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sure that's crazy that nobody was able to hear you. It's that loud in that building. Um, and, and college baseball for that reason is like so unique. I think the loudest crowds a lot of time, um, I guess per capita, you would say, cause you know, a little bit smaller, but loudest crowds come sometimes at the college level, which is really cool. Um, so you get drafted eighth round 2021 by the Rays. Um, tell me a little bit about, about life in the minor leagues. Like what has this been for you? What has this experience been for you trying to navigate through, the grind every day of being a minor league. Cause it's not easy and you don't have the luxuries of the five-star hotels and the, the, the great plane flights with the unlimited uh, service. Uh, it's a grind and it should be a grind. And and I know that there's a lot of things happening to make the minor leagues a little bit more accommodating, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but w- what have your thoughts been on, you know, these past few years and what they've meant to you? So my draft year, I was fortunate enough like for that to be like the last year of like our CBA to where, Hey, like housing's paid, like you guys don't have to pay for housing anymore. So that was nice. And then last year was the first year of like the, uh, the raise, like the raise of the pay for the minor leaguers. So I was fortunate of like, not to like have any of those crazy minor league stories where I'm living off PB and J's for weeks at a time. And nor should you. Cause like you guys are the future of baseball and like, you guys should have those resources, you know? But and, hear, hear, hearing yeah. those stories from different guys is it's hilarious. It's <laughs> it just makes 
like the the destination so much better because it's like the minor leagues is where you like you make memories you make the close friends you you find out who you really are and stuff like that and so but overall i mean it's a lot of bus rides a lot of bus rides a lot of hours on a, you know, in a book watching movies sleeping napping you learn to sleep in uncomfortable positions i mean you name it it's just you don't get like these nice clubhouses i mean granted there are some nice ones in different um a different affiliates but overall a lot of them like especially in the lower levels it's not the best so you kind of got to make shift with what you got <laughs> yeah it's a little bit of a but but you never had the experience with like the the six guys in one room like head to head sleeping type of type of struggle. No. Yeah. I'm fortunate I'm fortunate enough not to have experienced that. I mean, I give major kudos to guys that have because it it's what they went through. They like they wanted to do it. And so they decided to. And I was like, those stories are like fun to hear. Like I go back like whenever I go back to Arkansas, I'll go like work out or something, something like that. And some of the older guys are like, yeah, I had to do this, this, and this in the minor leagues. Like you guys don't realize how good you have it. I'm like I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining, but I'm also not dogging y'all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Different time now. Um, one of the things that's kind of unique to you is that um, you were, you were diagnosed within the last few years as, as uh, with type one diabetes. Uh, and this is kind of an interesting story. I read a little bit about it before coming on, but um what was the story? Can you tell the story about like how you found out? Cause a lot of people, uh, a lot of players maybe have type one diabetes are not open about it. And if they are, uh, they've had it for a, 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 like a long time, right. Since childhood. But what was your experience with kind of getting that, that news that you were diagnosed? So I actually found out during the COVID lockdown and, um, so I was already asthmatic. So like I was losing, I lost a lot of weight really fast and um the day before i went in i threw a bullpen and i was just tired like i could barely keep myself up type tired and so the next day i just swallowed my pride and went into e like no not even er i went to urgent care first because i called the local hospital and they're like hey we don't do weekend appointments which i thought was odd but i uh went to urgent care and so they're like running the tests and stuff like that. I weighed in at like 165. Like I'm 230 right now. Mm. So, <laughs> so then um, they're running all these tests and they, they're about to draw my blood. They're like, Hey, you can lay it down. So I'm laying down and like my breathing's labored. And the nurse kind of looks at me and goes, Oh, you anxious, nervous. I was like, no, I get blood drawn two, three times a year. Like, they're like, okay. So our eyes widen and they like speed up the test. Test come back. I'm I'm sitting in the room and she's like, like first question, like she didn't even tell me what I have or like what's going on. She's like, do you have any family around here? I thought, which I thought was odd. And so I'm like, no, the closest family's in Texas. She goes, well, you need to figure out if somebody could come out here because we're 99 sure you're type one diabetic and your A1C is like 14 something. Your blood sugars 580 shooting up. And so yeah, and so. I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. Um, they rush me to the ER. Like, I have double IVs in both my arms here. Like, I was 
people like I didn't realize the magnitude of it. <laughs> I mean, I had the chaplain talk to me twice type deal. And so uh, I got, and at that time I didn't know what the ICU was. So they like rushed me to the ICU and I'm like looking, like I'm looking both ways. I see people on ventilators. I'm like, Oh, I'm not making it out of here. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that's like long, like long story short, they figured out like, Hey, you're diabetic. You just like, it just clicked. Like they don't know what causes the gene to click at a later age, but it just happened. So I was in the hospital for about five, six days. My mom was able to come out. She was able to get in even with all the COVID restrictions. And, um, but yeah, I was able to manage it, came back better than ever, way more consistent, kind of had everything, um, kind of dialed in and I'm just, I'm trying to be a, as helpful for the community as possible. Cause I understand like it's, it's, there's a little bit of stigma with people with like diabetes and stuff like that. Like there's guys like Garrett Mitchell, Mason Miller, Jordan Hicks, um, yep. There's a bunch of guys with diabetes and um it's just like it's just there's a stigma on it for some reason so i'm just trying to be as open about it as possible and realize like hey it's not as bad as you think yep adam duvall too the big right-handed power hitter who's played with a bunch of teams the braves the reds he's also uh type one i believe and um were you was it was baseball ever going through your mind in those days at the hospital where you're thinking oh shit like my last act was throwing a bullpen no <laughs> did, did you ever think about like baseball in that time like like not I was more, maybe not as drastic as like oh god am i ever going to play again but did you think at all about your future in the game not really because like i knew there were people that were diabetics but my whole like i wanted just to get it out of there as soon as possible to kind of get back to it. So I didn't miss like opening weekend or something like that. Because I like, I mean, hell, like when I broke, oh no, when I had my appendix removed, like I was in the hospital, I was like, can I go go play this weekend? They're like, no, you just had surgery. So it was just like, I wanted to get back out there as fast as possible. So like when they released me, I called my doctor. I was like, hey, like, is there a certain way time I got to have? They're like, we didn't give you. You didn't, we didn't say you had to stop. <laughs> I was like, perfect, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and how do you manage that, like, through the course of the year? Is there anything, like, new that you have to do um, to maintain, like, a, a healthy, you know, lifestyle, I guess? W what's new? After um, this for, me, for me, it was just more kind of making sure I feel right going into, like, the day, uh, like the day before and the day of, of outings. Just kind of like my blood sugar is not too high, not too low. Like I carry, like I have a Yeti at the field with me and I carry Gatorade around with me all day in case I get too low because I could feel that. And, um, but outside of that, it's like, like I, I'm waiting on a new pump, like insulin pump. I have like, I wore one all junior year the last few years, but in the off season, I go regular insulin pens, just kind of give my body a break. Cause yeah, it takes a, it takes a toll on you. Like just constantly changing sites and all that stuff but outside of that it's just it's just little maintenance work that i think a lot of people don't realize goes into it interesting yeah so hopefully maybe a lot of people out there that have that maybe the the, the same issues that you went through and are going through um final a uh, few more things here before we wrap up um is it true that you pitch with glasses 
I did my junior year because like so one of the side effects of diabetes is like eyesight like if it poisoned with their eyesight like it was like in the hospital bed I couldn't see my phone like two like not even a foot in front of me but then like I noticed it's like oh like I can't see further like unless it's like like you know how like a camera adjusts like I felt like I was trying to do that and so that's why I was able that's why I was pitching with glasses in 21 in part in my half season in 22 in 21 with the FCL Rays. that's why I was gonna say because I because you know I I was a PO in high school shout out um and uh I pitched with uh, goggles, like these sports goggles, like the ones that you wear in Little League, like the first yeah. two years of high school. And then I switched to like more of the glasses and they were, I think they were like Oakley glasses and they were nice. But I was going to say that Patrick Wicklander, man, he's an ally of the glasses pitching community. So um, former, al- still ally, but former member, I should say. Yeah. I mean, I. So do you wear contacts or like, what's up? No. So my vision is back to normal. Okay. So it was just during life. that time. My fiance gives me crap about it all the time. She's like, you can't see shit. You got to wear glasses again. I'm like, I'm fine. Like, <laughs> I can see the signs. Just half the time there's shadows back there. So I can't see shit. So I'm like trying to see if there's anything wiggling there. Yeah. Looking at signs is, does, is Pitchcom like at, at the lower levels of the minor leagues? Like, have you it's had in, experience with it's that? In triple, it's in AAA. Okay. That's I, I knew that it stopped somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. In AA, we still, use regular hand size yeah because like pitch commas it's like a revelation like i've always wondered like with the shadows like pitching is hard like don't get me wrong but looking at signs it could be hard sometimes too. especially if, especially if the catcher's sitting a certain way and it's like dark and you're just kind of like what yeah. I mean, there's been there's been plenty of times i'm like i think this is a two i'm gonna hope it is and then we'll go from there yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have necessarily the the backdrop of the white pants with all the different positions they're in. So I'm sure it's a lot more difficult. A um, yeah. few more things, starting pitching versus relieving, because you've done both. Last year you did both. Um, what is the difference for you, the biggest difference between the two? Obviously, maybe one of them you have on your mind for a few days before it happens, you know, and, and you deal with that and the stuff you do in between bullpen, probably a little bit more unpredictable and you get your name called in different situations. What is the main difference for you? And I guess, which one have you been notified that you will be moving forward as? Um, I was told this year, they want me more as a starter. I mean, it was just the last few years just for me to get my innings into. Um, the difference really is just kind of, like the intent and volume in which you are allowed to get into the game. Mm-hmm. Because when you're a reliever, I mean, more often than not, you can't just, oh, hey, let me feel this pitch out. Like, it's okay if I miss this one. Like, no, you're coming in, runners at second and third, one out. Like, hey, you you kind of need to get two guys out in six pitches here. As a reliever, it's like, okay, first inning, let's, let's move the ball around. Let's see, like, what we got, where the umpire's going to be. So that's kind of been like the big thing for me. It's like, as a reliever, you got to come in and be ready right away. Interesting. Uh, good stuff. Uh, final uh, final five. I call this the final five. I'm going to give you some five yeah. quick questions. Uh, you don't have to answer them rapid style. You could answer them however you want. Um, first one, do you have a favorite baseball movie that comes to mind? Oh, we, we had this conversation in the clubhouse the other day. There's a lot there. There is a lot. <laughs> 
damn which one i feel like saying bull durham would be a cheap one because like our triple a's durham bulls um probably the right answer though we're being honest yeah i mean everyone everyone wants the right answer but i'm not going to give them it gosh see sandlots up there i'm a big major league guy um what was it was it the perfect game one the guy with the tigers and like john c Riley's catching <laughs> yeah every time i see him i think like stepbrothers yeah. are like that's for love of the game for love of the game yeah that's what it is start. Yeah. he's throwing yeah that's always a good one yeah that is a good one how they got kind of go in and out of the plot with you know that's that is a cool one uh second question what's your walk up walk in song or warm-up song so last year i did wicked by uh future but i kind of rotated around i had the what was it bar guitar and honky talk crowd by whiskey myers i did smells like teen spirit by nirvana um i think i might do with unwritten rules this year like some some white girl bop <laughs> i don't know i'm still thinking but like it'll probably end up being wicked by future nice and th- there's a, a shout out to my my friend justin newcomb who does the walk-up pod shout out to him he always asks people what their walk-up song is and it's a cool concept uh third question if you were not playing baseball, what would Patrick Wicklander be doing? Marine biologist. Okay. That's an interesting. So did you ever go? Because San Jose is kind of, I don't want to say close, but it's like near like the Monterey Bay Aquarium type of stuff. So did you ever spend Dude. time there? Oh, yeah. I spent yep. way too much time. spent <laughs> way too much time there. Like, you know, like, taking me to the aquarium was like kid in a candy shop. Like, I just, eyes wide open. You got to like pry me away from the, the glass yeah i That's am a fun fact was did did your major in college match that i mean no <laughs> so like when i realized like i had an opportunity to play college baseball i kind of had to like figure out what i what else i wanted just because it's like in arkansas it's in landlocked state kind of can't just drive, drive down the road to go to monterey <laughs> there's no aquariums well there are yeah. aquariums. there's no there's no bay <laughs> yeah like we had a we had like two off days or something like that in playoffs in double A and in Montgomery, we were like two hours from Georgia. And I was talking to my fiance. I was like, I might just take the two hour trip to the Georgia aquarium. Like that's like, cause they have the whale shark and like they have the biggest like uh, open ocean like exhibit. And I'm like, I want to do that. Like that was me. Yeah. So what did you major in? Did you, did you, did you finish college? I, I no, so I'm currently still in classes. Uh-huh, um, yeah. I think I have about like a year left, but I am currently a communication major. Okay. Yeah. I know like if you go down the rosters of a lot of these colleges, like all the guys pick the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I was I was going down the roster of I had Jesse Pierce on who actually has some Arkansas ties. He was a yeah. Arkansas, yeah, he's he was there for a little bit and then the pandemic kind of screwed it up, but he's at university of Nevada, Reno. And I was going down the roster. It's all like business administration, leadership administration. It's like, what are these? Are these even real majors? So communication, we, you know, but we had like two or three guys graduate with engineering degrees. Okay. Are, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Kevin cops, biomedical undergrad. And he's getting his master's in business right now, or unless he graduated. Yeah. So yeah. Golden spike Twitter, smart as hell. Mm-hmm. And I bet like half of the guys that like usually don't end up getting to the big leagues or maybe spend a little bit of time in the big leagues end up going in the real estate. So that's what I've noticed. I've noticed that. 
Yeah, I always try to track down guys who like I remember getting one baseball card of, like the the Nate Scherholzes. Like, I wonder how he's doing, and he's in real estate. <laughs> it's like a this song. Really? I didn't even know that real God, estate in Arizona. Old, that's an old name, Scherholz. Scherholz, yeah. So all the guys that uh, are living in Arizona, which is yeah. like half of Major League Baseball, um, are are in real estate. Um, all right, question four: Do you yeah. have a favorite TV show to binge? Or anything going on right now that you're you're watching? So, me and my fiance we switch off between To Catch a Smuggler on Hulu and Swamp People, but I will binge watch like Letter Kenny. Mm. That was like one. That was like my office. That's yeah, cool. that's yeah. We yeah, I have an interesting cat when it comes to TV shows because it takes me a while to get used to get like get into them. Yeah, that's the one about the uh, like the the Canada town or whatever. Yeah, the Peter let's get at her. Yes, that's right. Um, final thing. Okay. If you were to travel anywhere in the world, you had one like plane ticket where it's just like ball out anywhere. You know, any any trip, expense free. Where are you going? In the world. Ooh. Berlin, Germany. I almost thought you said Berlin game, but Berlin, Germany. Okay. No, I'm not going to Berlin. Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Berlin, Germany, because I am a big fan of all the history that has happened there. And it's just interesting to me. Like, I don't want you to take or anybody to take that out of contents, context, but yep, I'm a big fan of history and just being able to visually see it would be really cool. Awesome. My dad, my dad has a mug with the wall from the Berlin wall on it, on like on top of it. That's really cool. Yeah. There, there are a lot of places to choose from. It's a loaded question. Uh, yeah. Patrick, man, I really appreciate you coming on. This was a blast. Uh, I, I kept you for way too long, but uh, appreciate you coming on and uh, best of luck to you during this, this minor league camp and uh, looking forward to some big things. No worries. Thank you for having me. And everybody can go follow Patrick on Twitter at uh, Young Wick. That's W-U-N-G Wick underscore. There's like, what, two underscores there? I think there's three. Because it's been a while. It's been a while. Like Patrick Wicklander at Patrick Wicklander was not available or something. <laughs> the handle. Oh, I, I don't even know. Like my dad's big wick. So I was like, okay. you know, I'll, I'll toy with him here. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That, that completely works. And then we could go follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at RizzoCast. Um, and then wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all that fun stuff, go check us out, leave a review, and uh, more stuff coming up, and see you next time.